You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. How you doing, man? Today, we're talking about wingmen or how to be a good wingman or how to work with a wingman. What is a wingman? A wingman is someone who helps you when you are talking to women. It is your buddy who is assisting in the process of being able to meet and attract the women that you are interested in, that you're talking to, that you're approaching. So that's what we're going to go over today. And I'll be honest with you, it's not that long. There's not much to say here. There's only a few things, and I'm going to give you my opinions, my thoughts, and even share some stories from when I was going out and I was being a wingman and when people were wingmanning me. This is in the very beginning when I was first learning. When I was first learning, I did do a lot of wingman stuff, only to find out a few lessons as I went through this process, which again, I'm going to be sharing with you here today. Are you excited? I am. And then we're going to be going into some questions, some Q&A, people who have written in. I want to thank you again for all of those who have written in to the podcast. You've written in to trip at tripadvice.com and you've put in the subject line podcast question. And I'm getting these done as soon as I can, so I can try to answer you in real time. I'd like to not have you wait longer than a month to get an answer. So those of you who are writing in, this is as real time as it gets. And you got to keep listening in to the episodes to make sure that you're getting your questions answered. And I want to thank you for those of you who have DM'd me who have then said thanks for the response. It's cool to then see you on DM and put a face to a name because I've answered your question here on the podcast. It is pretty Awesome. All right. So before we get into the wingman stuff, I do want to tell you that a lot of people have been getting into Trips Corner. Trips Corner is my private Facebook group. I like to say private and secret because no one knows that you're going to be in this Facebook group unless they are in the group themselves. It's a private group. No one can see that you're in it. And I like to say that quite a bit because I know that people aren't always wanting to put themselves out there in the the sense where other people know that they're getting dating advice. I get it. I understand. I would be happy too if I was you and, and I was going into a group. I would also want it to be private. So Trips Corner is a secret Facebook group that you get access to whenever you get any of coaching or any of the video courses that I have like my Hooked program. If you end up getting coaching, you get in there. And so the only time you don't get in there is if you get a book. So the book is sold on Amazon Magnetic, my book. And you just don't get access to Trips Corner because we don't have those emails. Amazon does not give you any contact information from anyone who purchases anything from you, at least I know in the in the book sense. So unfortunately, you will not get access to Trips Corner if you get a book. But if you end up getting hooked or any of the other courses, there is Irresistible Academy, then you have Infield Breakdown, and then you have Fearless Formula. I have nine tests that reveal her interest. I'll put some of the links for those things in the show notes so you can check that out. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because I've been really active lately in the Trips Corner. There was a long time where I was not, I will admit, it was not 
I would say I was not prioritizing it. I was about to say I didn't have time to do it, but I know that excuse from anyone I've ever heard who I've coached or anyone uh, or even myself trying to do anything. There's, there's always time for everything. You have plenty of time. It's just, what are you prioritizing? So I will admit, I was not prioritizing it and I would not been active in it, but lately I've been very active in it, seeing what people are posting in there. And the whole forum is for people to share stories, ask questions, and for everyone to just support each other. We have about 1,700 guys in Trips Corner, and it's pretty awesome. And I really enjoy everyone's comments and everyone's questions. I've been in there answering some questions. One of the team members of Trip Advice, Joe, is in there, and he's answering questions. He does a fantastic job. So there's a lot of support there, and I want that to be support for you. It's good to be doing stuff with like-minded people, which is very relevant to today's topic about wingmen and why wingmen can be very important. And by the way, speaking of wingmen, you can actually find a wingman inside a trip's corner. And you can do that because there's a wingman thread. You can say where you live and then you can get together with other people who are implementing the stuff, who are going out, approaching women, talking to women, getting all this stuff handled. And you have that opportunity with trip's corner. And then you can put some of the stuff I'm saying on today's podcast to use. Again, Trips Corner is completely free. You don't need a subscription to get in there. The only thing is, is you only get entrance into it if you have purchased one of the programs. You know, one of the reasons why we do that is because we want everyone on the same level, right? If I were to let anyone in it, we'd have, I don't even know, tens of thousands of members. Things would get lost. You'd get a lot of spam, people who aren't really serious, people who aren't adding value. But once someone has purchased a program, they're on the same page as everyone else. People are going through the same material and I want people to be on that same page. That's why it's a bonus when you end up getting one of the programs or like I said, getting coaching. So all the links for applying for coaching or getting any video courses are in the show notes. And I hope to see you inside of Trips Corner. It would be awesome. And I post stuff in there and just give little tips, little motivational rants sometimes. And you only get to see those if you're in there. So join today. Okay, wingmen. Let's talk about it. Wingmen. All right, first things first. Do you need a wingman? I think that's the very first question that needs to be answered. Do you need a wingman? I would say the answer, if I had to give a yes or no, black and white, is no. I know that's a funny thing to start off with, seeing that this episode is about how to be a good wingman and how to get a wingman and all that stuff, but I want to give it straight to you. At the end of the day, you don't need a wingman. First of all, I coach and my team coaches hundreds of guys and there is no requirement to get a wingman and guys end up doing amazing in the program without a wingman. You yourself, as you're going through, let's say the courses or just this podcast and you're going out, you're implementing things, you don't need a wingman to learn all this stuff. You can absolutely go out on your own and you can be talking to women and you don't need someone there. My next sub question to this is, does it still help? I think yes and no. Sometimes it helps and actually sometimes it hurts. And the answer to why it hurts sometimes, which is to support what I'm saying here of why you most likely don't need a wingman is because when you have a wingman, it can sometimes take you away from the prize. I remember when I was first going out 
and I was in a group of guys who were in a forum together and there'd be meetups and it was all around meeting women and pickup. We'd all go out and I was a newbie. So this is over 12, 13, 14 years ago around there. And I was a newbie and I had really bad approach anxiety. So you better believe that when I was going out, I wasn't approaching as much and I had a crutch. I could just hang out with these other guys. And when we'd all go out, you know, everyone was at different levels. Some people were doing approaches. Some people were kind of hanging back and it made it a lot easier to not get it done. And so I warn people out there, when you have a wingman, it can hurt because it can prevent you from talking to more women and doing more approaches. And we don't want that because the name of the game at the end of the day is volume. Of course, it's fun. It's fun to go out with your friends and it's fun to approach with friends. I get it. That's a fun time. And there, I think there's a time and a place for that. I'm not saying never go out with your friends and do that. But if you really want to get good at this and you want to make sure nothing holds you back, I would go out alone. Now, a lot of guys say, well, isn't it better to go out with a wingman because you end up approaching groups because there's no women who go out who are alone. They're always with their friends. So don't you want a friend there to distract? So you don't actually need that. I will admit though, it does help sometimes, but you don't actually need that. And you don't actually need that because women who are single, most of the time, I will say, they are supportive of their friends being with a guy. Not all the time, but a lot of the times, at least from my experience, what I've seen, if you're going over to, let's say, a group of three or four women, and you're cool, by the way, so you approach the one woman you like, and you're not completely ignoring the friends, and you're bringing in the group of friends a little bit and talking to them, but you're still focusing on the girl that you like. If you do this well enough, her friends will like you, and they'll actually be okay with you talking to her. I actually just had this example literally less than a week ago when I was going out, if you listen to the last episode, I talked about how I went out and I recorded a bunch of approaches and I had something happen, which I remember happened to me as well when I was first learning this. And what happened was I went over to two women. So this, imagine that by the way, two women. So just keep that in mind. This is very important for this approach. It was only two women and I go over and I talk to them and about five, six minutes into the conversation, as time went on, I was clearly, and I made it clear, hitting on one of the girls. And when it became absolutely clear that I was interested in one of them, I kid you not, 30 seconds later, the friend just got up. She just left. Not because she was angry and she didn't get her friend to come with her. She knew what was going on. She was supportive of her friend being with me. And that happens. And I come back to this idea that it's crazy there's only two women because imagine that one woman she didn't have any other friends so here she is coming to a bar with her girlfriend she has nowhere else to be there's no other one to talk to and yet she still left to give her friend that chance now you're going to be going out and you're going to have groups of women right three four or five women and in those cases it makes it even easier because you can talk to one of the girls make friends with everyone for a second and talk to the one you're interested in. And then all the other girls are just hanging out with each other and they are doing their thing while they're letting their friend get hit on and, and talk to you. Okay. So with all that said, you don't necessarily need a wingman. You don't, you can go out and do this alone. 
Is it harder at first? Yes, it is. Is it nice to have someone go with you as you're learning this? Of course it is. I just warn you that sometimes your approach anxiety will force you to stay with your friend. So if you're going to go out with the wingman, you got to make sure that you guys are on the same level. So even earlier when I was first starting and going out with just one or two wingmen instead of a group of guys, I mean, we were just sitting in our approach anxiety together and we didn't do any approaches at all. So if you're going to go out, you got to be very selective with who you go out with. If you have really bad approach anxiety, I wouldn't go out with a, a guy who has similar approach anxiety. You got to go out with someone who's going to push you and who's better than you. Otherwise, go out alone. At least that will force you to talk to people and not sit there and talk to your wingman. So you need someone who's going to be a level above you and also on the same level of, of mindset. And that is, we are going out to talk to women. Because there's... But there's about three different mindsets in terms of going out. There's, hey, I'm going out with my buddies to just have a good time and drink. Then there's this kind of in-between mindset of, hey, I'm going out with my buddies. We're going to drink. Maybe we'll talk to some girls. And then the third is, we're going out to meet women. So if you are in that third category of you're trying to get better at meeting women, you better be going out with someone who's interested in doing that. Because what's going to happen is if you go out and do this, yeah, I'm going to have a good time and like kind of drink and like hang out with my friends, but I also want to talk to women. A lot of that time, you don't get a lot of good learning lessons in. And then you can't really have a wingman because they're not even that interested or they're nervous or they're not trying to learn this stuff. So you feel kind of weird going off on your own and and talking to girls while your friends are all having a good time. It, It just doesn't line up right. So I'm trying to talk to you, person listening, who's interested in getting better at meeting women. And if that's the case, again, either you go out alone or you have a wingman who is better than you if you have bad approach anxiety or at the very worst, you guys are on the same level. We're going out, we're trying to meet women, we're practicing stuff. We're listening to this podcast, you're going through a course, you're going through coaching, whatever it may be, and you guys are going out to work on something specific. And then you can really play good wingman game. Then at that point, the next tips I'm going to give you really come into play really well. And then you can be a really good wingman. So here's a few tips for being a good wingman if you find yourself in that great position of having someone who wants to go out and is on the same level as you. When I say same level as you, I mean the same mindset as you, not the actual skill level. We already talked about that. Okay, rules for being a good wingman. Just a few. First off, No matter what, and I know this is going to sound obvious, but you'd be surprised what happens sometimes when you get into these conversations. This has happened to me quite a bit. Rule number one, you always make sure, here's a little pickup term from back in the day I'll give you. It's called DHV, your wingman, or demonstrate higher value. Basically, pickup-y term for you need to bring your wingman up. He's your buddy. You support him all the way. You do not tease your wingman. You do not make him look bad. It's interesting how that has to be discussed with your wingman before. I've gone out with guys sometimes and they'll take over the conversation and and kind of tease you a little bit. And and it's like joking. They're not making fun of you or trying to hurt you. But, you know, guys give each other shit, right? There's like, that's what we do sometimes. It's not really cool to do that, though, in front of women. It doesn't make 
either of you look good. You look like a bad friend when you do that because women don't understand that. So they might take it a little bit more seriously, even if it's like joking around. So you want to bring and build your wingman up. You want to always make sure that anything you're saying, not every single thing out of your mouth, but if it's appropriate and it comes out, you're only saying good things about the friend that you're with and how awesome he is. I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that you have to do that. I'm just saying that is something that should be done and it should not be the other option, which again is some sort of tease or something like that. So you're building them up. You guys are buddies. You support each other. That should be shown when you guys are going over to approach. That's rule number one. Rule number two, this is debatable. I know some people break this rule, but I think this is just smart for approaching. Don't approach together. I I don't know. I just don't think it's a great idea. Don't approach together. Have one person go over, open up the conversation, and then have the other person come in. I think it makes for a smoother approach. I'd say the only exception to that is if it's a really big group of women. It's like, I don't know. We'll say five, six plus women, then it's okay. One person goes to one end, another guy goes to the other end. It's not a big deal. I just think it can be overwhelming and tough and it actually just makes it harder on you on starting the conversation and and it's just too much is happening at once. If you have, for example, you and your wingman going over and talking to two women or three women or something to that degree. Again, this is debatable can you break this rule and still be fine? Yes. I just think it makes makes it easier for you. It's easier for the practice. And so with this case, what happens is one person goes over, does the approach, opens up, and then let's say, I don't know, a minute or two later, the wingman comes in, the other guy comes in and kind of taps his buddy on the shoulder. And then the person who went and approached introduces the friend who just came in. Okay, and another thing, this is not a rule or something you have to do, but it was just something that me and my buddy did. I think I talked about this on the podcast before. Me and my buddy, we wanted to have some sort of sign of telling the other guy which girl we were interested in, right? So if you go and over and approach a group of women, it's, I think, nice for you to get the shot at the woman that you're interested in. But how are you going to let your wingman know that, you know, what if your wingman starts talking to the girl that you're actually interested in? So one thing you can do is you can, this is what we did at least is kind of lightly touch the girl that you're interested in or be very overt with introducing your wingman to the girl you're interested in. So for example, you're like, oh yeah, just met these girls. This is Stephanie, right? So it's like, oh, okay. So he's obviously interested in her or if there's some sort of touch, if I touch her like on the shoulder really lightly or on the elbow really lightly, it makes it known, okay, this is the one I'm interested in. And then the wingman, the guy who just came in, your buddy can then start talking to the other women. And what helps, of course, and I think one of the reason why wingmen exist is for this sole reason is it helps for lack of a better word, distract, but I would say it makes it easier for you and your girl of interest to be in a conversation while her friends are not pulling her away. And then they get to talk to that guy. And then from there, he ends up maybe picking one or maybe he's just a good wingman and he's just talking to them and, and who knows what happens from there. So 
that would be the few rules that I would put in place in order to be a really good wingman. I don't think there's really much after that. I mean, you can come up with all sorts of stuff, but if we're talking about the 80-20, the 20% of actions that have 80% of the effects, it would be these aforementioned rules. And so that's what I would put into practice if you're going out with your buddies, if you decide to do the wingman route. I would also say this, I'm, I'm making this up right now as I'm, I'm saying to you, but it's something that came to my mind. I feel in order for you to get good at this, what's really important is you earn the wingman. And I think that it's really important for you to experience going out alone and doing some approaches on your own. Because like I said, you need to be going up to a group anyways on your own. So there's no difference between whether you're with people or not. It's really good for you to go out alone and just get through an uncomfortable social situation where I know it's tough. It's like going out alone to approach women. Most guys don't do that. You're going to feel weird. You're going to feel like women are judging you or whatever. Good. This is going to make you mentally stronger. This is going to be more helpful for you when you are trying to do social anxiety exercises. So I feel that you should go out at least once alone before you start doing the wingman game as a way to kind of earn that badge and then you can get a wingman i wish i did that i'll admit it i did not do that i wish i did i started with, with wingman i went the opposite ways i started going out with guys we went out together and then it wasn't until years later i realized man it is so much better going out alone you just don't have to worry about your friends and what they're doing and you don't have to worry about anything and it doesn't have to be so structured and you just have a lot more freedom and there's more learning lessons that come into play and you're set up to do harder approaches, which is just going to make you do better. So I really, really recommend that you do go out alone. And I'll say this too. When you go out alone, I know that guys get really scared to do it because they feel that women might be judging them because they went out alone. You're going to be shocked when you find out, even though I can tell you right now, but you'll find out for yourself, women don't care. They don't care. They're not going to be concerned about who you came with, if you came with people. You are more in your head, so you're more concerned and you're more conscious of it. They don't care. All they care is they're talking to you. So if you're making a good impression, and the conversation's going well, she is just going to be talking to you and be excited to talk to you. She's not going to assume you're some weird guy going to a bar because you're a social cool dude. So you're already proving to her, sub-communicating to her that it's not a big deal and you're not a weird dude because you're just being a social fun guy and she's getting the sense of that. Not that any of that matters because we should not be going into any of this caring what people think about us. But I know that you're going to go into this situation caring what people think about you. So I just want to make you feel a little bit better and ease your way into the situation that they don't care. You can go out alone. I've done it so many times. My coaching clients have done it so many times. I've never experienced, nor have I heard anyone ever experiencing, I don't know, some rejection or some weird conversation where the girls are like, why did you come alone? You're a weirdo. Like That just doesn't happen. A lot of those things that you think in your head that people are judging you for are usually just not happening. It's just this intense self-consciousness that's going on because of your low self-esteem that is making you not feel confident. Imagine this, the most confident guy in the world doesn't need 
to have any sort of external validation. So he's going to do whatever he wants. And an example of that is just going out to a bar and talking to women and socializing and having a good time. So I want you to be able to do that too, without having any thought of what people are thinking about you. So you do not need a wingman. I know I'm really pushing that agenda here. I did give you some rules if you want it, but I just want you to have the freedom to know that you can go out with or without your friends and you have all of those situations available to you. Okay, enough about wingmen. Let's hop in to some Q&A. We are going to answer some questions of people who have written into the podcast. You can write in as well. My email is trip at tripadvice.com. The trip is with two Ps. And you can get your question answered. Just put your subject, put your, put in the subject line podcast question. So I'll know to answer it here on the podcast. And don't forget, if you need help with meeting more women, if you need help with getting out there and being able to actually go out on your own to meet women. I know a lot of guys do struggle with this, going out and talking to women, especially without having any sort of wingmen around. I want you to check out coachedbytrip.com. That is the website where you can learn more about my coaching program, where you'd be coaching with either myself or one of my head coaches. And then we can hop on the phone and we can chat about if coaching is right for you. Coachedbytrip.com is the URL to go to where then you can apply for coaching. Not everyone does qualify for coaching and there's uh, many reasons why. First and foremost, I just can't help everyone because everyone has different issues and it depends on what you're going through and we have to assess that. Sometimes guys need more help than just working with a coach. They might need a therapist. They might have something going on that's a deeper issue that might need medical attention. Yes, that is true. We do talk to guys all the time who we realize they might have better help with someone who can diagnose certain areas depending on what's going on with them. So that's why it's very important that we have you apply first and then you will get an answer right away if you pre-qualify for the coaching and for the first call, which is free, by the way. You will hop on a call with either me or one of the team members here at Trip Advice, and we will chat with you, and we will go over your situation and see if coaching is a good fit. So there you go, coachedbytrip.com. Here's some coaching from Trip right now. Let's get into questions. Hi, Trip. Hope you're doing well. So I'm in a bit of a pickle. I have this lovely lady's number that I got from a friend, but I can't tell her who I got it from because my friend doesn't want anything to do with it. What do I do in a situation like this? P.S. Please keep me anonymous for the podcast. Thanks a million. Yeah, you are stuck in a pickle. That's a pickle for sure. What are you supposed to do? I, I, I'll be honest. I, I really, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know if I have any better answers for you than anyone else. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't use the number or else you're going to be in a big problem from your friend and you can't just cold text her. She's going to be like, well, who the hell is this? And how did you get my number? So you're going to come off pretty creepy. So what I'd recommend is why don't you, well, first of all, 
yeah, your friend doesn't want to have anything to do with it. You didn't give me a lot to work with here. I wonder why that is. Why would your friend give you that number? Don't they know that that'd be ridiculous for you to text them? You might want to consider social media or if your friend, which it doesn't sound like they're cool with this, but if your friend wants to do some introduction, again, you said that your friend doesn't want to have anything to do with it, but maybe they'd be willing to do an introduction and not just give you their number. So that's a possibility. So I'd recommend either doing that or finding them on social media and seeing if you can open it up that way. Otherwise, yeah, don't have much of an answer for you. (laughs) That's the long and short of it. You need to get in front of them somehow. That's all I got. Next question. Hi, Trip. I watch your videos on YouTube and I get your emails. I really like your content and really appreciate it. I would like your help on something. I saw this girl on Tinder I like, and I swiped right, and she had her Instagram account in her bio, so I contacted her. I told her that I saw her profile on Tinder and that I find her attractive. I didn't get a reply. What should I do now? Should I continue to pursue her? How often should I send her a message? What should I say to get a response? Kind regards, McKaylin. Okay, McKaylin, so you're in a very scarce mindset. You're in scarcity mindset. How do I know this? Because you are strategizing for one woman who you don't know. You are wasting your time. Dude, and every other dude who's listening right now, stop wasting your time. I remember doing a lot of online dating, and I'd, I'd have the same thing, by the way. I totally understand. It's like you see a girl, they're on Tinder or Bumble or Hinge or whatever, and you matched with them. And in this case, you did not match with her. So she's clearly not interested. But let's just say even they match with you and then they don't respond and then you get their Instagram and then you try to text them on Instagram or DM them on Instagram and she doesn't respond. You move on, man. You move on. What should you do now? You move on. Should I continue to pursue her, you asked? No, you should not. How often should I send her a message? Never again. What should I say to get a response? Well, it's first of all, you have to understand that women are getting bombarded, especially if she's cute. They're getting bombarded by people on Instagram. So the chances that you show up in her DMs in the request folder, which is basically like a spam folder, uh, the chances that she sees that are slim to none because you are just one of the many guys. So you're obsessing over a woman who you don't even know yet. And this is the real problem. That's why I need to help you guys with some of these questions because you, you're you asking questions, but we're not getting to the real problem. It's not about what you should do with her and how you should get her to respond. The real problem is, is, is your obsession over one girl because she's cute. As if there's no other women out there who are also cute that you could be with. But you're strategizing over that one girl. Honestly, guys, I know you're going to hear this from a lot of other coaches on the internet and and there's uh, there's a lot of other people who who claim that Instagram is is a dating site and it's a great dating site. Here's the thing. I I mostly disagree. Is it a dating site in a sense? Can you meet women on Instagram? Is that possible? Can you DM them and meet up with them? Yeah, that's that's absolutely possible. And I know. It happens all the time. 
but you need to have a baller Instagram profile. So if you're willing to put in the work to have a baller Instagram profile, which again, I'm not stopping you, that is going to be the way that you're going to get her to respond through a DM. You got to have a killer profile. You need to put those things into practice where you're showing off a lifestyle that's interesting, where you have very attractive photos of yourself. But here's the thing. This is why I disagree with some people who say that Instagram is a great dating site. Like there's all the women right there. Because even if you do have a great Instagram profile, it doesn't mean that they're going to see it. So what does that mean? And by the way, it doesn't mean that they're single either. So what does this mean? This means that you're going to have to put in a ton of work. So beyond the profile and having an amazing profile, you're going to need to sit there and DM a lot of women. And it's going to be a massive numbers game. And it's the same thing with online dating. It's still a massive numbers game, but it's a lot different. You know for sure that they're single and it's as easy as a swipe where now you're going through a whole thing with copying and pasting and saying the same thing over and over to a bunch of different women. And that's on the easy end. If you decide to make it where it's something specific to their profile, now you're just adding in a lot of work. So I guess my point here is, is when we're DMing women on Instagram, it's a lot of work for very little reward. I could change my mind on this in the future. So this is not something that I'm putting, you know, marking in the stone, so to speak. But at this point, I definitely don't agree with Instagram being a great place to meet women. Online dating apps and in-person is the best way to meet women. And it's more efficient. So... And I know that you're not doing that, by the way, Michaela, and I understand that you are meeting women on Tinder first, but you're asking about what to do with their Instagram account. I'm just giving you the the whole idea behind that because it's the same thing. Whether you're DMing her from because you saw her on Tinder or because she popped up on your discovery feed on Instagram, it's basically the same idea because she might not see you on Tinder and it looks like that this girl didn't even match with you to begin with. So I want you to really, really focus on making your profile as best as possible on Tinder and the rest of your dating apps and meeting women who are on the dating apps so you can make something happen there. Okay, that's my advice for you. Let's move on to the next question. From Logan. Hey, Trip, love your podcast. I actually ended up getting to talk to a girl while she was working and she seemed kind of interested in me we were going in for coffee every morning for coffee. Uh, that's an interesting sentence there. And she seemed kind of interested in me. We were, we were going in for coffee every morning for coffee. Okay. After I got her number, after about a month or so, I talked to her while we were both at work. When I asked her if she wanted to go out sometime and walk the dogs or get some food, she told me she, quote, has no idea what she is looking for or what she wants and asked if it's okay if we can just be friends and see where it goes, if that's okay. This was over text. And now I don't know what I should do or text her. She seemed really cool when I was talking to her while she was working. She always comes up to me and talks to me first, it seems like, but now I'm kind of stumped. I wasn't looking for a girl, but I said, screw it and try it out again. I haven't had a girlfriend since high school, so I'm kind of out of the game. Thanks for everything though, Logan. Okay, so Logan, basically you're in a situation where you met a girl and she put you in the friend zone. 
So bottom line is she put you in the friend zone. She's not sure what she's looking for. So here's what I would do. In a friend zone situation like this, you have a couple of options and I'll leave the decision to you. One, if you get friend zoned where you went for it, which is great. So you went for it and she said, you know, no, I don't know what I'm looking for and can we be friends first? So if you get something like that, you can totally reject it and say, uh, you know, no, you know, sorry, just I'm not looking for friends at the moment. I was looking for something more, you know, all good, you know, take care and, and maybe we'll run into each other again in the future. So that's option one. And what will happen from option one is she'll either go, okay, and you guys will just be done, or that might even potentially attract her because you're being assertive, you're being decisive, and you're basically telling her what you want. And those actions and behaviors are very attractive to women. So that's a possibility. So that's all option one. Just completely reject it and be done with it. And don't try to sit here and, and get a girl that is not super interested because we want to what? Like I always say in the podcast and I say in my programs, we want to go for women who have a high level of interest. And this is not high level of interest behavior on her end, is it? Now, option two, option two, Logan, you can do this. You can just agree with what she's saying and say, okay, no problem, no problem. Yeah, let's just hang out. Because sometimes women are caught up in the emotions of the moment. So because she's thinking one way one moment doesn't mean she'll be thinking that way the next moment. That happens a lot of times with women. Even the reverse happens where you'll meet a girl out at a bar and you guys will hit it off and maybe you guys even make out. And have you ever had that situation where you guys are at a bar, you make out and then you get her number and the next day she doesn't answer? It's a little baffling, isn't it? You might say to yourself, I don't get it. Why would she make out with me, spend all night with me at the bar, having a great time, only to not answer my text the next day? That's because, again, same idea. Women live in the temporary emotions of the moment. She's excited. She's having fun. It's a whole different vibe when you're out and when you're with your friends and, and she met this guy. And now it's the next day. Some guy that she met at the club text messages her and she's in just a different emotional state. So she's not thinking about it in the same way. Interesting, right? So this happens. So my point for you is for option two is that you can just agree with this and then you guys can hang out and I wouldn't do some sort of, by the way, walk the dogs, get some food. You want to do something that can allow for more intimacy and be some sort of more of a romantic setting. So I'd recommend getting a drink and doing it at a nice cocktail bar. So I'd what I would do is agree with her and say, yeah, that's fine. Let's just be friends or let's just see, you know, you kind of just say like, yeah, let's see where it goes. So yeah, yeah, no worries. Let's see where it goes. And then create a date, even though she thinks you guys are hanging out as friends and see if you can build attraction in that moment. Now it's going to be tough for you because you've already been hanging out with her for so long and it took you this long to even go for it. So you screwed up by making her feel like you guys were friends. And that's a big problem. 
But what I'm saying is, is that it's, it's possible that maybe you guys go on a date, you display more attractive behavior through my TED formula, tension, entertainment, and dominance. And for example, by building tension, maybe you're asking questions that will bring you to closer and connect with each other. Those questions are specifically from the 36 questions study that was done at Stony Brook University. You can look that up online and get those questions. You can also get my book, Magnetic, where I put those questions inside of the book. And then I tell you which ones I think are best to use on a first date because some of them don't seem appropriate to necessarily use when you guys are first hanging out. You'll know what I'm talking about as you go through the book or through the questions on the internet. And so you can use some of those questions to connect with her. And towards the end, you can try to go for a kiss and see where it goes. Because women live in the temporary emotions of the moment. Maybe in that moment, she feels more of an attraction towards you. And what do you know? You go for a kiss and then the feelings just start to come out. So think about what you can do to get her out on a date or a hangout, and then use that time to build attraction with her. That is going to help you there. But most importantly, guys, I love your questions. I will always answer them here on the podcast. You better believe I will. But we got we to gotta start learning here. And I get it. Not everyone listens to all the different episodes, and some people are just finding the podcast for the first time. It's fine. But it's really important to understand that we cannot sit here and go for all these women. When I say all these women, I mean specifically the women that you just find yourself really into that you're trying to strategize over. It's very dangerous. And it's a waste of time. So let's stop doing that. Let's avoid the friend zone. Let's get rejected instead. So don't wait a month again, Logan. Dear God, do not wait a full month to ever ask a girl out. It should be immediate. You should be immediately doing it. It's kind of like, I, I look at, if I look at the microcosm of approaching, so let's just take this as an example. I talk to my clients about this all the time. You know, there's different ways to approach women on the street. You can go indirect, which means you just kind of go up to her and mention something that's going on around you guys, or you mention, or you ask her her opinion on something. It's an indirect. You're not directly going over to her to, for lack of a better term, hit on her. And then direct would be going over and saying like, hey, two seconds. Hey, I wanted to come meet you. You seemed interesting. I wanted to come meet you. That's direct. I tell guys, I believe in going direct if you can help it it's less of a waste of time. I find that a lot of guys who go indirect end up sitting in a long conversation with the woman only to find out that they have a boyfriend or they're just not interested, whatever it may be. And it seemed like it was going well, but it doesn't. I'd rather just go up and get rejected. And that's my point here, is that I want you to be going for women immediately and either get the rejection or don't. So we're filtering right away for a high level of interest. And that's exactly what you want. Quick filtration, 
lots of women out there. Let's find the ones who are interested right away. And yes, they will be. In fact, Logan, maybe this woman would have been interested in you if you asked her out right away. But instead, no, she got that buddy. She became buddies with you. She didn't see you as a guy who was a more attractive figure. And then you ended up in this situation. So there you go. Good luck. And those are the two options for you. Next question. Hey, Trip, big fan of your show. I started listening a few months ago, and I've gotten through a bunch of episodes so far and taken some great notes, so thank you for your advice. I'm a 31-year-old divorced single dad who co-parents with my ex-wife. My ex-wife and I get along great, and we have 50-50 custody with our five-year-old son. I work a lot. If I'm not with my son, I'm working. My parents also live with me at the moment. They plan to move out in about a year from now, and I can finally live by myself again. I find it extremely hard to keep a woman my age interested after I tell them I'm a single dad who lives with his parents and has limited time to date or even hang out. My question for you is, am I in a position to date women to potentially get serious with? Or do you think I need to fix my work slash life balance before I start dating? And if I do need to fix my work slash life balance first, do you have any tips for me? Trip, I need you, man. Help me out. Guide me in the right direction to potentially find a woman who will understand my situation. Much love, your anonymous real estate friend. Okay. All right. Well, great question. This is a really good question. What should you do? Well, they plan to move out in about a year from now. I want to dive into that sentence. They plan to move out in about a year from now. Why a year from now? What is happening in a year from now that they need to do that? Can they move out sooner? Can you help them out financially to move out sooner? Can you get them to move out sooner? Because living with your parents, yes, it's uh, it's not ideal. Okay? And it's interesting how they live with you, which is the better case. It'd be not so good if you lived with them. They live with you. Can you get them out sooner? If so, I would do that. If you can't do that, well, it is what it is, right? They're with you for a year and they are going to be moving to wherever they're going to be. Now, let's move on to the single dad part of this. Single dad part, it's not as big of a deal as, as you would think. Do women who want kids, do they ideally want to be with the guy who's already a dad? Probably not if you were to give them the question and sitting in a very logical space with them. Most of them will probably say no, but that's the logical space. And when a woman meets you and you build attraction and she sees that you're an awesome guy who's a catch, who meets all the requirements that she's looking for, and there's a lot of requirements that are actually more important than you having a kid, then you know what's going to happen. She's going to backwards rationalize why she should be with you, even though your situation is not ideal, so to speak. So being a single dad, yes, it's going to filter out a handful of women, but you're not screwed. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel better. It, it's what I've seen. I work with, In my coaching program, we work with a lot of single dads. 
And a lot of guys, guys who are divorced or going through a divorce and sharing custody and we're able to get them women, no problem. And you're at an age of 31 and 31 is a good age because you do have more options of women. You'll have options of women all the way from 21, all the way to 40 years old because you're in that kind of sweet spot. So you're not in as bad of a place as you think you are. With the fact that your parents live with you, I kind of have the same advice and the same thoughts is, to be honest, you still might be able to meet a few women who, yeah, they might see that as, wow, that's a lot. You got a full house over there. But again, if they're attracted to you, they might not care. It really all depends on how you come across. If you're building attraction using the TED formula and you are coming into the dating world with a very positive attitude. It's because imagine this, if you didn't have a positive attitude, you're on a date with a girl and you start confessing, yeah, I have a kid. I know that's, that's a problem for some women. Like you're actually saying that. Or you're saying, yeah, I'm living with my parents, man. My parents are just, it's so annoying, but hopefully they're going to move out in a year. If you talk like that and you bring up stuff in such a negative way, it just, she's going to be unattracted. She's going to go, wow, this guy's, this guy's a mess. He's got a lot going on. And then you're going to start repelling women. So to answer your question, you said in your first question, am I in a position to date women to potentially get serious with? The answer is, yeah, I think you are. It's not ideal. And I would do everything you can to work on your parents moving out as soon as possible. But if you're really looking for someone right now, then yeah, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Another thing you might want to think of too, and this is very specific to your case, you want to date, but what are you looking for? Are you looking to just sleep around? Are you trying to get married again? Are you trying to have another kid with another woman? Is that something you want to do? Something to think about. Because if that's not the case and you're just looking to have fun and sleep with some women, then absolutely this is this is not none of this is a problem. You can sleep with women and go on dates with them and it's and you can date. But your question was, am I in a position to date women to potentially get serious with? You're not at the most advantaged, but I still think you can. Your next question, or do you think I need to fix my work-life balance before I start dating? Again, same answer. I think you can totally just continue to date. And why not anyways? It's like, all right, you know, just date. And if you end up going through a bunch of women who just aren't interested because of your situation, well, you're in the same place anyways, right? But you're just a little bit wiser from all the reference experiences that you're having and all the dating that you're doing. And dating is going to make you learn more about what you want. Your next question said, and if I do need to fix my work-life balance first, do you have any tips for me? Well, I gave you that answer. First things first, parents have to go. So whatever you got to do. Obviously, you know, you're not going to kick them out. They're your parents. Respect your elders. I just mean, if there's any way you can help them move out in a nice way, I don't know the details, but if you can, that's ideal. So, Yeah, I think women will understand your situation because your parents are not there permanently. So that's good. 
you can even be saying that to them. Yeah, my parents are living with me, you know, for just for the moment because of X, Y, and Z. And then you share custody of your son. So you're not even with your son all the time. And that leads you more room to date. And you have a great, you have a great situation with your ex-wife. That's also really cool. Not a lot of people have that. There's a lot of guys out there who have terrible relationships with their exes. And it's just a battle all the time. But you guys get along great. And you can even say that on the dates if they ever ask. Or you can kind of imply that. Like, oh yeah, me and my ex-wife. It just, you know, we just, it wasn't meant to be for us to be romantic and married. But luckily, we're great friends. And there's never any drama in my life. And again, that's what's really important. Is really telling the person and sharing with the woman that you're on the date with, that there's no drama in your life, that your life is easy. It's figured out, it's handled, you're effective, you know what you're doing. You're the man who has it figured out. That's sexy to women. Women want to know that, that you're an effective man of society, not someone who gets stepped on, not someone who is weak emotionally, not someone who is unable to go through life in, well, we'll say in many ways, in a positive direction, go through life with ease, go through life and being in control. So you need to be those aforementioned things for the woman to be attracted. Next question. Hey, Trip, I've been loving the podcast, but I think I have a bit of a unique situation. I'm Christian and I only want to date inside of my religion. There are still quite a lot of girls in my Christian circle, and there's always a lot of options at camps throughout the year and other conference events. The issue is that I know I'll get a bad reputation if I take your advice to do high-quantity approaches. Everyone talks and word gets around in no time, and I'll be known as the desperate guy. I still want to practice approaches and flirting. So should I practice on girls outside my religion, but then not have the intention of dating slash following through with them? Again, I want to date, but only in my religion. I'm 21 years old, if that helps. Thanks, Ryan. Okay. Well, first off, you you have more than your circle, from what I believe. Your circle is just your social circle. You have online dating, Christian singles. That is a dating site for Christians. But by the way, Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, OkCupid, Match, eHarmony, all these have Christian people on them that you can filter for. So you can meet Christian women online. And by the way, this answer can be for you if you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, whatever. It's the same idea. You can meet people of your religion on dating apps. Now, you can also be doing high quantity approaches outside of your social circle where it's going to be 50-50, right? You don't know for sure if they're going to be Christian or whatever religion you're looking for. But I'd like to say that depending on where you live, Christianity is not very rare, there's a lot of people who are Christian. If you were Jewish, that could be a, a little tough because there's such a small quantity of Jews. 
But for someone like you who's Christian, you might be able to get away with doing high quantity approaches and you end up approaching women who are Christian. It happens. So I think that we need to really think about all the different ways to meet women. Again, social circle, your online dating, and your, we'll call them in your terms, high quantity approaches. I like to say in person. So meeting women in person. So I'd use the meeting women in person aspect to get better at flirting and talking to women and get better at TED and building attraction. But no, I wouldn't be flirting with every single girl inside of your Christian circle. I would be extremely picky inside of your circle. That's a place to be picky. So in your circle, I mean, unless you're attracted to every single girl who's in there, I would only pick one at a time. And I wouldn't strategize, by the way. You know, guys, I hate the strategizing. So don't over-strategize. Play it like it was any other woman, but you're just going to kind of do it one at a time as a way to, I agree, not ruin your reputation. You're not going to want to do that. That that will kill your social circle and your social circle is something that brings more value to you than just women. The social circle is your network. It's the people you know, it's your friends. So you don't want to ruin that. So, But you can still use that as a place to meet women. It's very common. It's what most people do anyway. So you do it one at a time. And when I say don't over strategize, I just mean find the woman that you're feeling most attracted to or one that you have a connection with and ask them out. I also wouldn't wait. I wouldn't try to go and and do too much learning how to build attraction, you know, listening to a ton of these podcasts or trying to go out and do a bunch of approaches to get better at flirting. I wouldn't take too much time to do that before keyword before you talk to that one woman you're interested in. You kind of just got to move. Just get going. I mean, yeah, like you can listen to some episodes here. You can get my course hooked and you can go through that and that's fine. Like, you know, you're just taking, that's fine. You take a little bit of time to learn a few things and to understand how women become attracted to men. So then you can use that for your benefit when you're talking to the women inside your circle. But don't take several months to get good at all this before you go, okay, now I'm good. Now I'm going to put the energy into meeting the women in my social circle. Just go for one at a time. And by the time it may work out and you're on maybe girl number two or girl number three, hopefully by that time you've had enough time doing approaches, going through material, my book, my course, whatever, this, these episodes on podcast, the YouTube channel. It's like then you've had enough time, you've gotten some good information and you're just going to get better and better. So I'll I'll repeat myself again. Your process should be meeting the type of woman you want through all the normal avenues that you can meet women. Again, in person, online, and social circle. You're going to want to learn a little bit more about how to build attraction. And then you're going to immediately start to go through your social circle to meet women. You're just going to do it a little bit more one at a time and see what happens. And don't look at your social circle as this golden thing where it's like, okay, I got to be, you know, so strategic to every woman. It's like, no, just do it, go for it. 
Don't overdo it, like I said, and you should be fine. Ryan, fantastic question. Thank you for writing in, and I hope that helps. And let us know how it's going for you. And and yeah, we'll get you the help that you need. Guys, more help is available. My book is called Magnetic. It's on Amazon. There's a link in the show notes. My video course is called Hooked. It's an eight to 10 hour course, which by the way, I am updating. And very soon you're going to see me do approaches. There's hidden camera approaches. So you're going to see me actually doing a full open to close sequence and getting a number so you understand what that looks like. That's my hooked course. Link is in the show notes. And I should mention also, it's so funny. I actually was watching this documentary on pickup artists and I guess there were some pickup artists that would hire actresses in their infield approaches. I couldn't think of anything more unethical. Can you imagine if I had a program that you were purchasing from me, that you would see approaches and they were actresses. So it was a, it was a completely fake approach. Yeah, you'd, you'd learn how to do the approach. That would be a, a scam. I mean, yeah, you would never know probably, or maybe you would because you can kind of tell when they're acting, when they're not acting. Anyways, you can be rest assured, everything of mine is 100% legit. You're not going to see any fake approaches, not at all. In fact, I even got rejected a lot. And I'm not sure I'm for sure I'm going to do this, but I might make a fun little montage of my rejections as a way of entertainment, but even more importantly, so you can see what a rejection looks like. And it's good to see that rejection because then it prepares you to know, oh, that's what a rejection looks like. And it's going to help you not feel so scared to be, get rejected. It's going to actually help you get over your fear of rejection. So anyway, hooked video course. And if you want coaching, coachedbytrip.com. Link is also in the show notes. You can apply to work with me or one of the coaches here at TripAdvice. We would be honored to help you, especially you guys who have written in and feel like you need more help with your dating life. We do online dating. We do in-person approaching. We help you with women in your social circle. We do it all and we change your life. And I hope to get a chance to change yours. I'll talk to you on the next episode.